Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Samach Tes. I'm going to go from the third last line of Samach Tes Amud Beis, 78b. Um, just to catch us where up to where we're up to in the discussion. Oh, sorry, and today's shoot, today's shoot is the Ilunishmas Ben Sion Ben Zeev Avram Alevi. Maras Pesa Bas Reb Yoel. And... Shana Bat Yitzchak and Yitzchak Leib Ben Yosef. May their memories be a blessing and may their Neshamas have an Aliyah. Um, nice. So, yesterday, remember, we, we, were, we were involved in the discussion between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Lezer came along and said that if a Doraisa like Shechita of the Koban Pesach pushes aside Shabbos, the Drabonans of carrying it, cutting off its water, etc., definitely put us, push aside the Isurei Doraisa. And Rabbi Yeshua said, no, that's not true. And he, Rabbi Yeshua bought a proof from Yom Tov. He said, by Yom Tov, certain Isurei Doraisa fall away, like carrying, but the Isurei Drabonan of still stands. For example, the Tchum. Granted, you're now, now you're allowed to carry, you're still not allowed to carry in from outside of the Tchum. So there Rabbi Yeshua said, you see, sometimes the Doraisa falls away and the Rabbonin does not fall away. What did Rabbi Eliezer respond to that? Rabbi Eliezer said, no. That's all very well by, by Yom Tov. It's just for... Um, by Yom Tov, it's Rishus. It's your choice. It's It's optional to carry that food and stuff. Whereas by the Koban Pesach, it's a mitzvah. So granted an optional, for an optional thing, a Isur Darabonin won't fall away. For a mitzvah, like offering the Koban Pesach, the Darabonin will fall away. So Rabbi Yeshua came, so the Gemara then, what we did yesterday, is we came and we said, well, according to Rabbi Yeshua, it's actually a mitzvah. Because we learned that Rabbi Yeshua holds it's a mitzvah to have half Yom Tov and half... Um, What's it? Half yeah. When on how do you celebrate Yom Tov? Half of it is spent in eating and drinking, and half of it is spent in uh, learning Torah. So we see, according to Rabbi Yeshua, Simchas Yom Tov, enjoying Yom Tov through eating, is a mitzvah. Now that would mean that according to Rabbi Eliezer, who it's not a mitzvah, Rabbi Yeshua's question doesn't stand. So now Ravashi is going to come along and say no. Even if you learn like Rabbi Eliezer, that um, that Simchas Yom Tov is not a mitzvah. The question Rabbi Yeshua asked him, the question that Rabbi Yeshua said, um, but that's optional, whereas here we're discussing a mitzvah, should still be... Sorry, yeah, Rabbi Yeshua said, oh, but we see on Yom Tov certain things are... The Rabbonans, Torahises fall away, but... But the Rabbonans don't is a question on Rabbi Eliezer, even if it's only Rishus. That's what Ravashi is coming to say. Let's see it inside. Omar Ravashi. And even according to Rabbi Eliezer, who says that Yom Tov, I eating on Yom Tov, and Simcha's Yom Tov is just optional, this question of Rabbi Yeshua still stands. If on Yom Tov, where Melacha of Rishus is permitted, we do not permit Itzvus. On Shabbos, where we don't even permit a Melacha Shal Mitzvah, how much more so we should not push aside the Shvus that, that's 
in it, with it. In other words, on Yom Tov we find that you push aside, Yom Tov's light, Yom Tov's lenient, because Yom Tov is pushed aside, because we see Malachas pushed aside even for a shus. You can carry on Yom Tov even just for your food, which according to Rebbe Lezer is a optional. It's not an obligation to eat on Yom Tov. So, so it can, so Yom Tov is a Rashus and the Isutor rice is pushed aside. Shabbos is not a rush. Sorry, and still, yeah, and still the Israel, the Dorises are pushed aside, but the Dorabonans are not pushed aside. Well, Shabbos, where we don't find any Malacha being pushed aside, then definitely the Shfus should not be pushed aside. So that's what Rav Ashi asks. And Rabbi Lezer, Oimer Rabbi Lezer says, Shfus to Mitzvah Adifle. No, you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. Granted, regarding do we push us, is Shabbos pushed aside or is Yom Tov pushed aside? Yom Tov, it's actually right. Um, it's it's uh, Isur. Um, is Shabbos pushed aside or is Yom Tov pushed aside? It is. Um, Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Shabbos seems more severe because Shabbos is stronger because it's not. But regarding pushing aside Isur Durabonon, the Ramahs are going to be much more likely to push aside an Isur Durabonon for a mitzvah, like Balakom and Pesach, where it's just for optional, the Ramahs won't push aside the Isur Durabonon. Okay, Tanya, Omer Rebbe Eliezer, Rebbe Eliezer, a price that brings part of the discussion. Rebbe Eliezer says, Umali. Why would I say these Durabonans are also in Tochumakshire Mitzvah Shela Achar Shchitesa Shabbos? If the preparations of the mitzvah which occur after Shchita push aside Shabbos, the Isabel Mitzvah, you've already done the mitzvah of Shchita of the Koban Pesach, Lo Yadhi Makshire Mitzvah Shelefnei Shchita Esa Shabbos. Then obviously the Makshire Mitzvah before the Shchita should push aside Shabbos, I to enable you to do the mitzvah. According to Rashi, the explanation is when if like rinsing out the remember we learned michui cleaning out the intestines is a isudra bonan, but it's you're allowed to do that on Yom Tov, on oh, sorry on Shabbos. That's already after you've offered the korban pesach and michui you're just allowed to do because it's more covered, it's more respectful for Hashem that the sacrifice doesn't start to turn uh, foul and and horrible. But again, so the Isudra Bonin is pushed aside, but you've already done the mitzvah of Shritus Korban Pesach. Well, then an Isudra Bonin that's necessary to actually do the Shritus Pesach should definitely be pushed aside. Omar, and he said, Omar, law. Rabbi Akiva. Omar, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said to him, No, the Mali. Why would I not so say that those Isurei Durabonon are pushed aside? He says, "In mitzvah Shabbos, if the Machshirei mitzvah that push aside Shchita, um, granted we can push aside the preparations, the auxiliary serve parts, Sharei Tich Dochso Shchita Shabbos." Because you've already pushed aside Shabbos. I, when you start checking the animal, the Korban Pesach, you started to push aside Shabbos, and Shabbos has already been pushed aside, so then you can do a few more things that are Isidra Bonin. 
תוימר ילכי מכשיר המצווה שלפני שחיטס השבת שלא ידחה שחיטס השבת. But who says you can come along and do preparations for the mitzvah when the mitzvah hasn't even been done? Shabbos has never been pushed aside. Right, so how's Rabbi Akiva looking at it? Very interestingly, Rabbi Akiva is saying, um, no, once you've pushed aside Shabbos for the shita, well, Shabbos is already pushed aside for the service of the Koban Pesach, so you can do a few more what would normally be a Surei But... When you haven't even pushed aside Shabbos yet, you can't push it aside for an Isud Rabban. So then he says, Domer Acher, a second point, says, you might, It might turn out that you'll do all these Makshire Mitzvah, which are Isurei Drabbanan, and then it will turn out that the Koban Pesach is uh, invalid, and you'll have retroactively broken Shabbos, not in the service of the Mitzvah. So the Gemara answers, If that's the case, then you should not even do shechita. Maybe when you do shechita, you'll let's say check the lungs and you'll see that it's possible. And it will come out that Shabbos is um, rejected. So you can't bring the second proof. The second proof doesn't stand. Again, to say that you can't do mashire mitzvah before the Koran Pesach because it might turn out to be possible and then you would have done the Nachshirei Mitzvah which is the Isidur Rabbon in vain because then you shouldn't even be allowed to shech the Koran Pesach because it might turn out after Shechita that it's possible. So Eloha Amalei Bereshu Pircha What actually happened that was Rabbi Akiva's first answer and Rabbi Eliezer asked this of him. Rabbi Akiva came along and said Wow, the Nachshirei Mitzvah before the Koban Pesach should not be allowed to be done in case you find the Koban Pesach to possible. And Rabbi Akiva's, and Rabbi Lezer asked Rabbi Akiva and said, wait, that's not a good proof because then you shouldn't even be allowed to do Shita. And then he said to him, and then Rabbi Akiva said, okay, well, fine. But, and he gave the first answer. Again, what was Rabbi Akiva's first response? Just because Shita. Um, once you've pushed aside Shabbos for the Shechita, then you can push it aside for a few other avoiders. But if you haven't even pushed aside Shabbos for the Shechita, you can't start doing your Surah Terabonin to enable you to push, as the starting point to push aside Shabbos. Okay, Tanya. Heishev Rabbi Akiva v'Omar Hazor Tochiach. Rabbi Akiva responded that Hazor will, answer, will show that it does push aside Shabbos, that Isurei Drabonin do not push aside Shabbos. Let's just recap the discussion in the Mishnah. So, Rabbi Eliezer has just said that if you can push aside an Isudoraisa like Shabbos with an Isudoraisa like Shechita, you can also push aside an Isudorabonin. Rabbi Akiva comes along and he says, that's not true. We know you can push aside Shabbos for the Isudoraisa of Shechita of your Koban Pesach, but you can't sprinkle the water of the Poraduma. Hazor, that's Hazor. I'm going to stop uh, translating it. But what's Hazor? Hazor is the sprinkling of the water of the Poraduma on the seventh day. That purifies the person who was Tomei Mei so that he can now go or theoretically eat the Koban Pesach tonight. So this, so... So Rabbi Akiva says, You're allowed to offer the Koban Pesach, but you're not allowed to spring, do this Hazor, the sprinkling of the Mechatas, which is only an Isidur Abonin. And Rabbi Lezer responded, Well, I'd actually say the other way around. I would say you could do that Hazor. So what did, and then, um, so you could do that Hazor, and, um, 
Rabbi Akiva said to him, why? And, and he says that as a Kavachomer, he says, if you can push aside Shabbos with Shechita so that you can have a Korban Pesach, you can push aside Shabbos with the Isidur of Hazor so you can have, eat your Korban Pesach. And comes along Rabbi Akiva and he says, well, why don't you say the Kavachomer the other way? If you're not allowed to do Hazor, then you're not allowed to do Shechita. So, so Tanya, Omanoi Rebbe Lezer, Akiva Beshkita Shabtani, you're answering him with Shkita with uh, in a mocking way. Beshkita Tahimi Soso, you're going to die through Shkita. Are you going to? Um, it sounds like he's saying you're going to die a horrible death. And um, what we're going to see what happened is basically Rebbe Lezer thought Rebbe Akiva was mocking him because again, what did Rebbe Akiva say? Well, we should learn the Kavachomer the other way. We should say, if Hazor, which is only Isudra Bonin, does not push aside Shabbos, then the Shechit of the Korban Pesach should not push aside Shabbos. But that's ridiculous, because we know very clearly that Shechit of the Korban Pesach does push aside Shabbos. So Rabbi, so Rabbi Eliezer thought that Rabbi Akiva was teasing him. So, Omaloi Rabbi Akiva, Al-Tach Bireini Adin. Don't... In this discussion, don't deny what I'm bringing. He says, Kach kublani mimcho. I received from you. You taught us. Hazor shfusi ve'ena doiche es ha-shabbos. That hazor is the isu drabonon. The isu drabonon of sprinkling does not push aside Shabbos. I, and basically, we're going to see at the end of the day, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Akiva is telling Rabbi Eliezer, you told me I was trying. I, I was saying this ridiculous statement that if shchit, that if Hazor doesn't push us out, Shabbos Shchita should not. I was saying that to remind you that you yourself, Rabbi Lezer, taught us that Hazor does not push us out Shabbos. So the Gemara asks, "Oh, Hazor Shvusi, but I know Doich has Sorry, I showed you. The Chima Achar De Ho to who Agmare my time of Kaharabe. Well, once Rabbi. Eliezer himself says that sprinkling the water of the Pura Duma does not push aside Shabbos. Then, Rabbi Eliezer, why did Rabbi Eliezer retract in our Mishnah and say that Hazor does push aside Shabbos? So again, Rabbi Kibbo is reminding Rabbi Eliezer of his own teaching. So he says, so Omar Ula Ula suggests an answer. He says, Rabbi Eliezer ki agmarei hazos to truma agmarei, to truma kufalo dachi Shabbos. No, when Rabbi Eliezer said that and, and the Gemara Ula is going to spell out the discussion. It says, when Rabbi Lezer says that Hazor does not push aside Shabbos, that is for a Tomei Mace who wants to eat Truma. Aye? Someone who's Tomei Mace who wants to eat Truma, Truma itself does not, separating Truma itself does not push aside Shabbos. So sprinkling to eat, someone getting sprinkled to eat will not push aside Shabbos. And Rabbi Kivanami ka'oisivei Hazor to Truma oisivei. Shehi mitzvah vihimi shumshvus. And Rabbi Akiva was actually challenging Rabbi Akiva from Truma. He was saying, well, eating Truma is a mitzvah, and you don't allow the sprinkling. So, so too with the other Yisurei Drabon and Pesach. Granted their mitzvah, you shouldn't push them aside. Vuhusovar and Rabbi Eliezer thought, Hazor the Pesach komoisivlei. That Rabbi Eliezer was challenging regarding sprinkling of the Pesach. I, but, and Rabbi Eliezer actually agreed that regarding sprinkling of the Pesach, you can do because he held for the mitzvah of Pesach, which is Doiche Shabbos, you can push you can push aside the Isurei Durabodon to be able to offer it. Now Mosif Rabba Rabba challenged us. He says you can't come and make this distinction and say that Rebeleza was discussing can you sprinkle 
mayim on someone so they can eat truma, but not regarding Pesach. No, we'll see clearly from a more elaborate brasa that they were clearly discussing, can you sprinkle the blood on someone, uh, the water of the mechatas, of the poratuma, on someone so that he's able to eat his korban Pesach. He says, Mosev Rabbi, he says, we learned in a brasa, hey, should Rabbi Kiva v'omer. Rabbi Kiva responded to Rabbi Eliezer and he said, Hazos tome meis tochiach. We can learn from Hazos of a Tomei Meis. Shechol shvi shelo liyos b'shabes uve erev Pesach shehi mitzvah mihi mishum shvus. If someone's this Tomei Meis's seventh day falls out on Shabbos, which is erev Pesach, which is now a mitzvah for him to purify himself so that he can eat the common Pesach, vihi mishum shvus, and it's only isu derabonim ve'enot ocha es Shabbos, and it does not push aside Shabbos. So we see Elavadai Hazod Pesach Agmarei. When Rabbi Lezer taught Rabbi Akiva the halacha regarding sprinkling, that you're not allowed to sprinkle, he said it even regarding the common Pesach. And now we back to our original question. Once Rabbi Lezer himself taught that sprinkling the Poraduma does not override Shabbos, why did Rabbi Lezer in our Mishnah? Say that it does. So we start. So what's the answer? Says Rabbi Lezer, Gemara is Yakele. Rabbi Lezer actually forgot his teaching. And Rabbi Akiva tried to remind him of his teaching. Of a name Why don't Rabbi Lezer say straight out? Uh, Rabbi Akiva say straight out. I when Rabbi when Rabbi Lezer says you're allowed to do Hazar on Shabbos, you're allowed to sprinkle to purify this person on Shabbos. Why didn't Rabbi Akiva straight away say, Rabbi, but you taught otherwise? Why did he say it in this roundabout way? He thought it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to straight embarrass your Rabbi by pointing out that he forgot something. So, you, so Rabbi Akiva wanted to do it in a nice way, in a way that would kind of say that, look, but why don't you say the logic like this, which is ridiculous, which would hopefully trigger Rabbi Lezer's memory. It, it didn't work like that in the end of the day. He, uh, um, Rabbi Lezer didn't remember, so Rabbi Kiva had to remind him. Okay, but now we still got our um, um, our original. Now the Gemara wants to analyze this a step further. So Rabbi Eliezer himself agrees that this Isudra Bonon of Hazor doesn't push aside Pesach. But why? Every other Isudra Bonon, um, Rabbi. Um, Rabbi Eliezer holds it does push aside Shabbos. Um, so why is Hazor special? Why is it an Isidra Bonan that does not? Now, the Tzlach explains, granted, what's the primary reason we've given that you're not allowed to sprinkle the Porah Duma water on someone on the seventh day on, a, on, a, on Shabbos? Because it's similar to Mataka and Kli. It's similar to fixing something. Because he was... This person, in a way, was broken. He couldn't eat truma, couldn't eat his korban pesach, and now we want to fix him so he can. So it's similar to that. But the problem with that is there's different levels of isurei derabbanan. In our mind, we kind of lump together all isurei derabbanan, but they're actually different levels. Some are more strict and some are more lenient. This sort of isurei derabbanan is most likely very lenient because what's the chances of someone saying, oh, we sprinkled the water of the poradum on someone so that we fix them, we can go and fix uh, things in our house on Shabbos. What's the chances? So it's quite a lenient one. What would be much stricter if it's to protect you from doing an actual isur, 
um, an actual Isidoraisa. So that's what he says, Vazor, my time Shabbos. Why should sprinkling the blood, the Poratuma not push aside Shabbos so that a person can do the mitzvah of the Kova Pesach? So Gomorrah gives another answer, says, Michdi tiltule ba'almahu. Tiltfi Shabbos mishum Pesach. Yeah, since it's just sprinkling it's it's an act that is a hundred percent mutar and that it's that if you would repeat that act in a hundred times you wouldn't do an isu torah so sprinkling water on something how what issue is that um tithri shabbos mishum pesach you should definitely push it as it should definitely be pushed aside on shabbos so that you could offer your koban pesach so on my rabbi rabbi answered no gezeira shema yetileno v'yibireno arba amos pishu sarabim it's, there's an additional gzaira that you might carry it and walk for Amos in the Rishus Harabim with it. Uh, you might transport this Meichatas, and that's what we're concerned of. And that's a much more severe Drabonan. Because that's not just a Drabonan that, oh, it's a similar act, but it's very not hardly connected to, a Isurei, to an Isudoraisa. This Drabonan is to protect you from doing an actual Isudoraisa. So that would stand and you would not push it aside. But still, now we're going to take. And this discussion is going to take us through most of the rest of this uh, of this daf. But still, it should still push aside Shabbos again. We've got we've, where we're holding at the moment is Rabbi Eliezer agrees that sprinkling the water of the Porad Duma, even though it's only Isudra Bonan, does not push aside Shabbos. Now, why we're going to ask why not? Rebbe holds that all preparations for mitzvahs push aside Shabbos. It says, It should still push aside Shabbos. Rebbe holds that preparations for a mitzvah push aside Shabbos. So Omri, they answered, says, that specifically where the person himself is, is ready for the mitzvah, and the mitzvah, and he has the obligation. But here he is not fit. The chiyuv should not fall on him. Let me express this in a different way to contrast the example. Where do we know that Rebbe Lezer says, That's by Miller. So what do you have? You have this child who's obligated to have a Miller. That's where even the preparations for the Miller push aside Shabbos. However, here by the Korban Pesach, who, you have this person who is Tomei. A Tomei person can't offer the Korban Pesach. He is not... Um, um, he's Gavre Loichazi. He's not fit for the mitzvah. And therefore, the obligation to offer the Korban Pesach is not on him. Very interesting. What are we saying? By the fact that he's Tomei, he doesn't have the obligation to do the Kovan Pesach. And therefore, he can't do the Makshire Mitzvah to enable him to do the Kovan Pesach. Again, unlike a child who's ready for his bris miller, all he's lacking is the bris miller. He's ready for it. He's obligated in it. And therefore, you can do all the preparations as well. Now, Omar, Rabbi, Rabbi says, this is a side point, but Rabbi says, according, yeah, just before we go into the side point, basically, they used to always... They held it was essential or nearly essential to bath a baby in warm water before the miller. So are you allowed to heat up warm water on Shabbos to be able to do the miller 
on Shabbos. We know the Mila pushes aside Shabbos, does this preparation push aside Shabbos? So Omer Rabbi Lezivre Rabbi Lezivre Katan Bari Bachamim Loichamim Lavriyoso Lamoila B'Shabbos Toho Chazilei Rabbi Rabbi says according to Rabbi Lezivre a healthy child who could have the miller done without without warming water for him without having a hot bath you can heat up water for him because he needs the water it will strengthen him so it's a Machshir Mitzvah that pushes aside Shabbos says katan choyla a sickly child ain mechamim loichamim lavrosa you're not allowed to heat up water to do lemula to do bris mila to holochazilei because he's not fit for the mitzvah. I when you look at this child, could you do a mila on him now? No, he needs to have a warm bath first. Well, you can't do an isur to make someone fit for a mila. If he was already fit for the mila, you could do the machshir mitzvah. Says Omar Rabba Rabba's not happy with that. Says, if he's healthy, then why would you heat up water for him anyway? Says, rather, Rava says, everyone holds that children are sick and cannot have a miller without having a warm bath. Therefore, a child, in in essence, a child is not fit for a miller until he's had the warm bath. But therefore, you're not allowed to heat up the water for a warm bath on Shabbos. Again, when if the child was fit for a miller, then you can do whatever you need to do for him. So let's say you put the child in, a, you had water preheated from before Shabbos, so then you can bath the child oh, and give him a miller. Now he's fit for the miller. You can start carrying the naf in the Rosh Hashanah, etc. Do all these other things, but it's only for someone who's fit. Again, just to, because now we're going back into our discussion. What did we say? What's this relevance to our case? Is we said that Rebilezer holds that the preparation for a bris miller pushes aside Shabbos. Even Yisurei Doraisa. Well then definitely the preparation for a Korban Pesach for example, sprinkle the one we're discussing is sprinkling the paraduma on someone who's tome should push aside Shabbos. And we answered that no. By pushing by sprinkling the blood, the person sorry, sprinkling the paraduma water, he is not fit, so he's not obligated. As a tome person, he can't offer the Kovan Pesach, therefore the obligation doesn't fall on him. And that's why you can't do the Mashire mitzvah. So AC Bayabaya Baya challenged that. He says, oral if you have a, a purse, an uncircumcised person who has not had miller, he gets kores. That's Rebilezer's opinion. But here's someone who's not fit, and we're still saying he gets kores. We see that even someone who's not fit for the Koban Pesach, if he could be made fit for the Koban Pesach, we still say he's obligated. So we should say the same thing by a... We should say the same thing. Now, Rabbi is going to answer this question, support, defend his answer. But what he's going to, it's, it's a little bit, um, uh, yeah, it's quite tricky. But basically what he's coming to say is that um, granted by sprinkling of the Poraduma, we do not, it would not push aside the common Pesach. The requirement of Miller would still Again, because we came along and said, Rebbe Lezer says, Machshirei Mitzvah Doiche Shabbos, but that's only where the person is fit for it. 
If, but if that's the case, then someone who hasn't had a miller should not get quarries for not doing miller and not offering the Korban Pesach because he's not fit for it. He doesn't have a miller. Someone without a miller, an uncircumcised person, can't offer the Korban Pesach. So we seem to be saying that no, even if someone, even if someone at, at his current state is unable to offer the Korban Pesach, he still has the obligation if he can fix himself. So let's see this. So how are we going to resolve that? So Omar Rabba Kosov Rebbe Rabba holds we don't shecht and spring for someone who's Tomei Sheret and obviously also not Tomei Mace on their seventh day. What's that alluding to? I don't want to go into the full discussion. It's coming up um, later. Um, but I think Daftari um, if someone will be Tohar tonight it's Erev Pesach and they will be Tohar tonight. Um, do we shech the Korban Pesach on their behalf? And Rabbi, we're saying that, that Revi Lezer holds that we do not. Okay? So, so someone who's Tomei for a Sheretz, that will be told tonight, we don't shech the Pesach specifically on their behalf. Or similarly, someone on their seventh day of from Tumas Mace, where they just need the sprinkling of the water, we don't shech the Korban Pesach on their behalf. It says, V'kolshi ilu b'yochid any time a yochid is pushed to Pesach Shaini, if the Tzibur was in that state, they would offer it in Tumah. And any time the Tzibur is obligated, the yochid is obligated. And any time the Tzibur is not obligated, a yochid is not obligated. And now we explain this answer. So it was quite tricky. Um, but now we explain this answer. He says, Arelus de e kulat sibura relim ninu amrinan lahu kimu mahaluna shaykhuva abdi pisra. Let's say for whatever reason the whole of Bene Israel were uncircumcised. And it's now afternoon on Erev Pesach. What would we tell them to do? We would tell them, circumcise yourself and go offer the Korban Pesach. Well, therefore, therefore, if an individual was uncircumcised on the afternoon of Erev Pesach, we tell him, quickly go get a miller and come and offer your Korban Pesach. If he's mohel, if he doesn't have miller and he doesn't do his Korban Pesach, or he does, he would be Chav Kores. So that's why. So therefore, we've seen miller. Again, the reason is a Sibur would have to, if it was Erev Pesach afternoon, a Sibur would have to do Mila and then go and do their Korban Pesach. Therefore, if they don't, if the whole congregation was Tome on Pesach afternoon, we would not tell them, go sprinkle the Poraduma water on yourself and coming off your Pesach, you can just offer your Pesach. As we know the halacha is, if the whole tzibu, we learned this a few days ago, if the whole community is Tomei, they offer the Koban Pesach as is, while they Tomei. So therefore, Yochid Nami Potur, so too, just as we said, whatever obligations are placed on the tzibu, we place on the Yochid. Do we place the obligation on the tzibu of purifying themselves? No. So we don't place the obligation on an individual to purify himself. We base the individual's obligation on what the tzibur would be required. If the whole tzibur, and therefore, as we said, if the whole tzibur were uncircumcised, we would tell them to circumcise themselves to do the Korban Pesach. Therefore, by Yochid, we tell him to do the Korban Pesach. If the whole tzibur was tobe, 
even though they'd be tahor that night, they could sprinkle the blood and be tahor that night. But if they are tame, we don't tell them to do to purify themselves. We say just go ahead and offer your common pesach. So a yachid, I mean, we don't as an individual he can't offer his common pesach, but as an individual, we just as we don't tell the tzibur go purify yourself, we don't place that obligation on an individual. So that's the difference between uh, Miller why he should be Chayav Kores, why he would be Chayav Kores if he doesn't do Mila, because the Tzibu would be obligated, so he would be obligated, whereas by um, Tuma, granted, uh, the Tzibu would not be obligated, they would just offer the Korban Pesach, so he's also not obligated to purify himself. Amalei Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua Lerava, Rav Huna Braid Rav Yeshua said to Rav, wait, you're telling me that whenever the community would be obligated in something, that's when the individual would be obligated in something. says, oh, but what about Pesach Shani? The community never does Pesach Shani. I, if you could find a case where a majority of the community could not do the first Koban Pesach, we don't do Korban Shani, uh, Pesach Shani. It's own. Um, so what do you? So we see that the obligation sometimes is on an individual, where it's not on a community. He says Shani He says no. There, the whole obligation of Pesach Shani stems already from the fact that the community were obligated and did their Korban at Pesach Rishon. So it's so it's built into the obligation of Pesach Rishon. Just interestingly, could you ever get a case, so as we know about Tumah, let's say you have a majority of an Israel, the Mace, they can still offer the Korban Pesach, and therefore an individual would be pushed to Pesach Shania, but the community would obviously not do. What's an example Rashi brings, when the whole community could not offer the Korban Pesach, and they would not be pushed to Pesach Shani? That would be, for example, if it turned out that a majority of the Jews were Zavim. A Zav does not get, does not offer the Korban Pesach, even though the majority of Bnei Israel are Tomei. And therefore, since the community is not going to do Pesach Rishon, there's no Pesach Shani. Okay, but back to our primary discussion of, um, um, we wanted to, we're still battling with, you know, so, so we said that according to, why does sprinkling the, the Poraduma water, not override Shabbos. It's a preparation for the mitzvah, and he should have to do it so that he can do the mitzvah according to Rebbe Lezer. Why does Rebbe Lezer say it doesn't? And we answered on that. What did we answer? That no, because he's not fit to offer the Korban Pesach, and therefore the obligation to purify himself, or the obligation to purify himself for the Korban Pesach does not apply, and therefore... We don't obligate him to purify himself. Should the punishment for someone who does not do a Korban Pesach be Kores only for Tomei, a Tomei person, or someone who was too far? Yeah, those are the only two cases where it should be Kores. Maybe you would say those are the only two cases where he should get punished. Because that's what it says in the Pasuk. Someone who's uncircumcised, or someone who's Tomei Sheret, or any other Tumor, for example, um, Tomei Mace on his seventh day. How do we know that they also get Chores? The Pasuk's as in Vaish to include all these people. Now, now we bring out our proof. But again, what have we said? In short, we've said that someone who is Tomei Mace, 
and doesn't offer the Korban Pesach, I, they could sprinkle on the seventh day and they don't offer the Korban Pesach, is, does get Kores. And let's see, Midakoma Harara Tomei Sheretz, by the fact that we're looking for a source for Tomei Sheretz, Kosovo, Enshot, Timbazor, Kinal, Tomei Sheretz, it must be that we don't shecht the Korban Pesach for specifically for someone who is Tomei Sheretz. De'i Shocht, Timbazor, Kinal, Tomei Sheretz, if the halacha was that you do sprinkle that you do shech the Koban Pesach on behalf of someone who will be Tomei that, who will be Tohar that night, Sheretz Lamelila Adurei Oleo, Hainu Tohar, well then someone who's Tomei from a Sheretz is actually the exact same as a Tohar person who must offer his Koban Pesach. Alma Afal Gabdeloi Chazi, but what do we see? Alma Afal Gabdeloi Chazi, Chiyuva Oleo. We see that even though he's not fitting for it, the obligation is on him. And even though we don't obligate the tzibur, again, if the tzibur was Tomei Mace, they would not have to offer the korban that not, sorry, they, they would not have to purify themselves, they could, pure, they could offer it as is. An individual, we see clearly that we do expect him to purify himself. Um, so how, up to here we were saying no, and just as the tzibur does not have to purify themselves to offer the common Pesach, an individual does not have to purify themselves to offer the common Pesach, but from this price it's pretty clear that the individual does have to purify himself. So why does, Reb, back to our original question, why does Rebbe Eliezer um, say you don't have, you're not allowed to sprinkle the Paraduma water on this Tomei person to purify himself? Why would he hold you don't have to? actually backtrack a step. Remember, Rabbi Eliezer, we know that generally Rabbi Eliezer allows you to do Makshire Mitzvah. Whatever necessary, whatever preparations are necessary to do a mitzvah that you must do, you're allowed to do them even on Shabbos. However, we found an exception to that rule. An exception to that rule is you, if someone is on their seventh day of Tumas Mace, all they need to do is have the Duma water sprinkled on them, and then they tohor and they can eat the Korban Pesach that night. But Rabbi Lezer, so that sounds like it's Mashire Mitzvah. Not only is it Mashire Mitzvah, that's not an Isidor Isa, that's Mashire Mitzvah, that's an Isidor Abonon. And we know Rabbi Lezer comes along and says that, you are not allowed to do that Isidor Abonon of sprinkling the blood on him. So why not? So all my Rova, Rova answers, it says, holds you can, you can shecht the korban pesach for someone who's Torah sheret for who are din the tamei meis and obviously and obviously also tamei meis on his shvies. And so what is so what have we said so far that this tamei person? Can have, since he will, he can since he can theoretically be tohor to not to eat the, to have the korban pesach. You do shech the korban pesach on his behalf. It says hazor lemai. So then, what's the point of purifying him? If you can offer the korban pesach on his behalf anyway, what's the point of purifying? Lachilas, so that he can eat the korban pesach. Achilas korban pesach loy ma'atva. It's not essential. If the korban pesach is offered on his behalf and he can't eat it for whatever reason, for example, like he's tomei, it's fine. And therefore, we're saying that it's not an essential Makshire Mitzvah. I, what Makshire Mitzvah are you allowed to do where it's essential to be able to fulfill the Mitzvah? Here it's not essential. If he doesn't eat from the common Pesach, it's fine. It says, But wait, isn't this now a common Pesach that's shechted for people who can't eat it? As we learned in the past, um, we learned in the past that 
um, a, not so long, a few days ago, that if you, you can't shift the common Pesach for a group of sick people or for a group of elderly people who can't eat from it, it sounds like the eating is essential. And what we've basically said is that you can shift the Pesach for a group of Tomei people, even though they will not be able to eat it. So, no. This that you're not allowed to shift the common Pesach for those who can't eat it is people who are literally unable to eat it. But this man is 100% able to eat the common Pesach, except he just needs a little fixing, and we don't do that fixing. So he, so it's not a problem to shech the common Pesach on his behalf. So in summary, it's quite, as I said, quite an involved discussion, this Mishnah. Just a few lines of discussion in the Mishnah has turned into um, some complicated, a few pages of Gomorrah. But let's just summarize some of the main principles that we've come out from here. So firstly, as we learned the Mishnah originally, there's a Machloikas Rebilez and Rebbe Yeshua regarding doing these preparatory mitzvahs. According to Rebbe, obviously you're allowed to do the Shkrit of the Koban Pesach on Shabbos because it pushes aside Shabbos. Um, what about the preparations? Now, any preparation that could have been done the day before, Rabbi Yeshua says you can't do, and Rabbi Eliezer says you can do. And Rabbi Eliezer holds, it's, a, it's preparation, it's only a sudrabon and you can do. We then got sidetracked, by, well, not sidetracked, is that Rabbi Eliezer also holds you're not allowed to sprinkle to purify, or Tomei Sheretz can't go to mikveh on Shabbos to be able to eat the Korban Pesach. Now we said, but that's only an Isudra Bonan, and that's Machshire Mitzvah, so why would Rebbe Lezer not permit it? Um, so that we said is, that's what we've just answered now, is basically because the Koban Pesach can be 100% fine, even though this person's Tomei and can't eat it. So, since, so it's actually unnecessary for him to be purified, and that's why Rebbe Lezer holds the Isudra Bonan of purification is not pushed aside. Um, just Oh, and then another interesting, I mean, a few interesting points have come up along the way, but one very interesting point is the Machloikas that we had yesterday, Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer, um, is Simchas Yom Tov a mitzvah? According to Rabbi Eliezer, it's not a mitzvah, because you can choose to fast on Yom Tov and learn the whole day. So there's no mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov. Whereas according to Rabbi Yoshua, no, you have to at least celebrate half for you and half for Hashem. Now let's return to the Mishnah. Kal Omar Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva said a general rule. What was Rabbi Akiva's rule? So he said, I'll just read it inside the Mishnah again. Kal Omar Rabbi Kiva. Any melacha that you could do on Erev Shabbos does not push aside Shabbos. The shchit of the Koman Pesach, which you could not do on Erev Shabbos because it has to be done on Erev Shabbos in the afternoon. Doiches Shabbos does push aside Shabbos. So that's Rabbi Akiva's, Akiva's rule. Omar, Rabbi Yudah, Omar, Rabbi Rab, Yudah said in the name of Rab, Halacha ke Rabbi Akiva, the Halacha is like Rabbi Akiva. Okay, so Bisyata Dishmaya, this year we'll be going to the Beis HaMikdash, and you must keep in mind that you, all these Yisurei Drabona like carrying your Korban Pesach to the Beis HaMikdash and cutting off warts in a case where it's Yisurei Drabona, etc. You are not allowed to do for your Korban Pesach because you could have done them the day before. What, what, Isurim, are you allowed to do for your common Pesach? Oh wait, this year I don't know if it knows if it, what, when does, does it, I should have checked, but I don't know if it falls out on Erev Pesach, but hopefully this year will be the starting year where we offer the common Pesach, and next time you will have the answer to what to do when Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos. And then we point out, then we said the same thing, Bamila. 
Since Klal Omer be kibbul kamalach shev shalosoyis amerev shabbos and the doiches hashabbos mila shev shalosoyis amerev shabbos doiches hashabbos. Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Lezer have the same argument by mila. Remember, we learned Rabbi Lezer holds you can man and you can melt the naf and perform maker etc. You can do all these isurei doraisa for the mila. Because Mila pushes aside Shabbos, so, so to all its preparations pushes aside Shabbos. And Rabbi Kivit says, no, anything that you could do on Erev Shabbos does not push aside Shabbos. V'omar Rav Yudam, Rav Halacha Rabbi Kiva, and Rav Huna says the name of Rav, the Halacha is like Rabbi Akiva. V'tzricha, but we need him to tell it to both cases. D'yash me'in and galei Pesach hosom hu t'mach shirem mitzvah lo dochi Shabbos mishum deloi nichrasu oleo sholosh esrei brisois. He says, maybe if we would have only said that the halachas like Rabbi Akiva bam Pesach, we would have said, but maybe the preparations for Mila do push aside the Kobam Pes, do push aside Shabbos, because that that has 13 brisos. It says bris 13 times in the paragraph by the mitzvah of Mila. So it's very special. So maybe the Machshirei Pesach don't, but the Machshirei Mila do. Um, it says, V'iyash me'inan Mila, and if we would have just taught Mila, Hasam hu de Machshirei Mitzvah lo dochi Shabbos, Deleike Koresh. Maybe by Mila the preparations to push it aside because there's no Koresh. But if you do not offer it, there is courage. So maybe there, the preparations that could have been done yesterday should still put the shahad. Shabbos, tricha, therefore we need both cases. I, the halacha is like Rabbi Akiva in both cases, that any preparation you could do on Erev Shabbos does not push aside Shabbos. The things like Mila, which has to be done on the eighth day. So if Shabbos is the eighth day, you have to do it on Shabbos. Okay, that will push aside Shabbos. Um... Shchit of the Koban Pesach, you can't shech the Koban Pesach, never mind, in the, never mind yesterday, you can't even do it in the morning. So that would obviously, it has to be done on the afternoon on Erev Pesach, but that would also push aside um, Shabbos. Just two questions on this. Um, firstly, Tosas asks, why are we paskening? Um, don't we have a principle that we don't paskin um, for the days of Mashiach? We don't paskin irrelevant halachas. So there's a discuss- again, so that he brings, he discusses that in Sanhedrin, so go look there. But if I remember correctly, the one answer, again, you don't have to tell me, we're wondering, is the halacha like Rabbi Akiva or Rabbi Lezer? It's actually irrelevant to know the halacha because we don't offer the common Pesach. And we have a principle that you don't get involved in paskening shalas that are irrelevant. You, you can raise the discussion, but you don't have to come out la halacha and pasken. So, um, so that's so. Someone who say that it's no to emphasize that it's the same halacha in both of them. I we bringing it out by by the Koban Pesach to highlight to almost highlight and contrast it with Miller and will and not contrast because it's the same halacha, but it does emphasize the halacha of nowadays. Um, so that's a reason. Maybe others would pass them differently. Maybe others hold you do get involved in. Uh, in paskening shalas that are not necessary because we always have to resolve and come out with the clear halacha um, and then another interesting point just before we finish off is we won't have a t- t- chance to discuss it but I'll mention it very briefly is someone who doesn't have mila also gets kores so if you learn like the Rambam it's very easy because the Rambam says when do you get kores for not having mila if a person dies without miller, so every moment that you're alive and you don't have miller, you could do miller the next day, you could do miller the next day, you could do miller the next day, there's no kores. Once, chas for a person dies without having done miller, okay, then there's kores. 
But according to the Ravid, the Ravid holds no. Basically, every day that you don't have a miller, you get kores. And therefore, and, and look, and then again, if a person does have a miller, he undoes the kores. But he gets kores. He basically, you know, living in a, in a life of kores until he has miller. Well, then why? Then, then this comparison doesn't work. Because we said a Koban Pesach, maybe... You would say that a Koban Pesach, you do the Mashir Mitzvah because it's Kores, but not Bamila. Whereas according to the Ravad, it sounds pretty clear that there is Mila. So I think it's because, I think the simple answer is it's, it's, you can rectify it. You can go have a Mila and it will undo the Kores. But again, um, it's an interesting discussion. How We know that there is Kores for Mila. When does that kick in?